We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. We're going to review what happened at the PGA. We'll see Justin Thomas overcoming a cold shank, Mito Pereira not overcoming his, and a whole lot more while we also preview this week's Schwab Classic from Colonial as well. Welcome to Gaming Golf. Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad from Morning Read SI, and SI Golf and Rotowire, respectively. Gentlemen, uh, it was a wild PGA. We saw a huge turn in the, the weather. We saw tee times matter a lot. We still saw fun you know, Saturday and Sunday despite that, and then just another pain down the stretch. But then triumph, too, with JT, Justin Thomas. We, we were kind of on a lot of players, and one of them was Justin Thomas. Uh, Scott, I know you had a, a nice little wager on both of those guys, Justin Thomas and Mito Pereira. Obviously, Pereira would have paid off a hell of a lot more, though. It, it would have. I, I mean, I obviously had a lot more money on JT, so it worked out okay. And anytime you had an outright winner in golf, you got to be happy. But yeah, that's uh, 150 to one, uh, both for the money and for the bragging rights and for you know talking to you guys about it would have been a lot of fun. But um, at least when he blew it, it was it was for JT, and JT won the playoff. I was a little, I was I was very worried that Will Z was going to. I didn't. I didn't have him in my bets, and I had, you know, I had two of the top three, and uh, not not winning that would have been uh, pretty painful. But it was, uh, it worked out pretty well, and you know, had a lot of those guys in drafting. So it was, it was a fun, fun and good weekend, uh, both here and on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we had this was a good week for the podcast. Yeah. We both we overlapped with Mito. You put your money where your mouth was, but we we both were on Cam Young. Yep, uh, that's right. I, I was on Fitzpatrick. You of course had Justin Thomas. So we had we had a lot of, and I picked Rory, who's you know. You're round one leader. So we had it. I mean, yeah. And made it early was, and was making a run on Sunday early on too. And then yeah. just fizzled out. Classic but, Rory. Uh, um, but uh, good week for the, for the podcast for sure. So and hypnosis anyway. wore off a little too soon on Rory. He, you know, that, that was the problem. He made his late charge too soon. I think I saw a stat that he is, uh, he's minus nine between the two majors, which like easily leads it. There's only like six guys that are under par for both majors. I saw that. And he's minus nine and hasn't won either one. It's uh, it's been a weird. He was so good in the last round of the Masters, then so good the first round this week. It was just he just can't piece it all together. Yeah, 
Uh, my takeaway is the Will Z strokes gained in majors thing. He's just yeah. tearing up the field with uh, at least comparatively uh, on strokes gained in the, from the uh, and uh, and ball striking at least. And I, I'm going to beat myself over the head and remind myself, okay, make sure Will Z is a part of it next time because every major he just steps up, and I, I need to get more of him there. Yeah, profitable week DK wise. I could have gone six six if it weren't for Alexander Norin actually surprisingly complex collapsing but still yeah, made money yeah, me too i had a jt mito cam young lineup so that 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 paid the bills nice yeah the, and the will z thing is really interesting how uh, he does not have a pga tour victory yet correct he has not won has he won anything i don't think he's won a has he won an event i don't think he's won an event no he, he's he's, he's like, in that Easily best, the best that hasn't won best player yeah i mean hands down the best player in golf now without even a tour event win but uh, he's becoming this big game hunter and even, you know, losing a playoff hurts, but he really doesn't emerge. I don't think from that PGA with any scar tissue. Mito is, you know, looking at years of therapy, but I think <laughs> Will Zeke still comes out of it as like, you know, his reputation is only becoming, you know, further strengthened through these, I, I think, as opposed to weekend, he just got beat in that playoff. So I, I'm still pretty bullish on, on Zalatoris going forward. His, uh, his last win was July 2020 at the Colorado Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. Wow. There you go. Pretty wild that he hasn't won. He's got, what, two two seconds in majors in the last, like, in, in the last, what, uh, calendar year, oh, a little more, 13 months. It's, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe the putting. He, I mean, that couldn't be the putt on 18, first of all, but then the putting right. all week, he, he gained four and a half strokes, gained putting. Like, if that happens, like, look out, because the dude can just hit the hell out of the ball, but um i don't know if you can figure out the putting it's hard to watch them he's got like this it, when they show the slow-mo from behind him it's kind of like a weird like he goes the wrong angle yeah it's just gonna be hard for him to be consistent unless he kind of figures that stroke out there's a figure there's a figure eight happening yeah and then, like, like that's backstroke not, to follow through that is not the is way strange. it should be but man he could hit the ball i've learned not to critique other people's putting strokes or swing patterns <laughs> or anything like that because i know oh, come on but, uh, <laughs> clearly i'm comparing none of this to my golf game in any way yeah Exactly, exactly. Um, Scotty Scheffler with the Friday Friday night trunk slam. A little surprised at that. But then again, I think that was – I think that was, he was the late early guy, one of the late early guys. And, and you were commenting how that was such a big deal, uh, which time slot you had, Scott. Huge deal. I mean, that uh, – that the, the I get to be the a.m., p.m. Uh, Thursday, Friday had such a huge edge. The afternoon out there on Friday was so much easier. The fact that JT won this tournament on the wrong side of the draw is yep. probably the most amazing stat of the whole thing. His 67 on Friday was easily the best round of the whole tournament. Yeah, it's hard to go against that mother nature sometimes. You see yeah. it most commonly in the British Open, although this one had – you had four seasons happening at the PGA championship, which doesn't normally happen, but it did in this case. And so, yeah, I would agree with you. Like to win from the wrong side uh, is very rare. And to win while shanking a shot in your final round. Also, yeah. we don't have, you know, stat cast on that one, but I would love to know. I, I don't think that's happened very often throughout history. Is, uh, is Right. Guys. Right. Uh, well, it happened early. I think that's one of the big things. It happened on a par three. So, less damage there. He was able to scramble for bogey off of it too, which was huge. Uh, that, you know, just all those things, can, you know, all those things happened at once that, to help him out there a little bit there, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you, you shank on 16. It's a lot different of a, than when you do it on six, you have more time to make up. 
the crazy thing is he made like a 19 footer for bogey too. Like that was a looking back. That was, he was so far back at that point, but huge, but I think the funny, funniest part of that was he was, he was one thirty out after his first shot in a part three, which you pretty, pretty much never see on a PGA tour event. Ever. Right. 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 Solid that's lab. like, that's what you see on the Jeff Erickson tour. Uh, and you, I've, you I've, I've seen, I've seen you hit that shot actually. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have many times. Um, anything else from the PGA before I move on to the Schwab? Can I, can I say one thing about tiger? Yes, please. I, it's so funny because, I mean, he was just in pain on Saturday. He was playing terribly. He was 10 over after 13 holes. I'm convinced that he looked at the scoreboard and knew what he needed to break 80. The guy went, my, he went one under the last five holes to shoot 79. I, in that much pain, I just, I've never, I we just had never guy that's just utterly competitive within himself. I just can't believe that he did. I mean, he's like limping. He couldn't hit a ball. In fact, he's one under the last five holes to break 80. I thought it was uh, pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kept on coming up short early on and then, I heard on the radio they're like, well, you know, he's adjusted to to get it uh, to get it, you know, to get on the green and to, and reg more often. You know, he's made the adjustment. No, he's just digging down. That's what he's yeah. doing there. Do you think he plays at uh, the U.S. Open? I'm thinking no. I, uh, I'm I just thinking think, no too. I think he skips yeah. and then plays St. Andrews. Yeah, I don't. I don't know really what kind of walk Brookline is, but. I think even with Augusta being a tough walk, that's a course Tiger knows. He knows every step he's going to take at Augusta. And, and you know, he mm-hmm. felt good enough coming out of Augusta to play Southern Hills. But there's definitely, like, the, the toll that golf takes on his body is evident. I mean, he's out there Sunday, Monday. Everybody's talking about, oh, he looks good. He's clearly walking better, feeling great. And then it just deteriorates day by day. And, and he caught a bad weather day, of course, on Saturday that just, like, obviously – that was the worst break of all for him is to have to go out and play on a 55 degree day. So uh, I don't know. I, I just think this one took a lot out of him and probably showed him, you know, what he has to do to play four rounds now. So it, my guess is he's going to sit out the U S open, but I think he sits out the U S open plays the British and nothing else this year. Yeah. That'd be I, my, that'd be my that. guess too. Yeah. So uh, which stinks, but Hey, it's at least one more than Phil's going to play. So there's that. And we got, I mean, we got to make the cut at two majors. Like that's pretty amazing. A yeah. year ago, nobody would have guessed that. Phil so. has Phil has eight live golf events in front of him. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, it, that's a perfect segue because <laughs> you made a trade in our league, uh, and we got to talk about this. Pat, <laughs> you made a uh, and you did a little fake press release, which was awesome. And you're an email announcing the trade. Uh, you traded away Patrick Reed finally. How did you do it? What did you get? Uh, yes. I, I imagine the two of you were kicking yourselves because Patrick Reed was offered to you live on air multiple times. This yes. It's always, always weird, history. you know, when you see the trade happen somewhere else and you go, Oh man, did I, did I miss my chance? I traded Patrick Reed straight up for Bryson DeChambeau, uh, the night that DeChambeau pulled out, uh, withdrew with, uh, well, he's still recovering from wrist surgery. I felt like it was a buy low opportunity. I've, made no bones about it that I was trying to get out from underneath my Patrick Reed investment. And uh, I'm sitting there in sixth place out of 15, I think in this league. And I just felt like Patrick Reed's not going to help me. I got to take a high variance shot. And so I felt like there's a chance that Bryson could come back and do something the second half of this year. Our league goes all the way through the FedEx cup playoffs. So I just felt like I don't want to come in sixth. I'm willing to risk finishing 15th for the shot at, hitting the, the podium. So I felt like Bryson, there's more upside play there to at least take a stab at it, that maybe he'll come back and get healthy at some point this summer and do more than Patrick Reed might, especially if Reed, as I, as we all sort of suspect might be on this live golf thing and might 
also go away. I don't, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I hadn't um, heard that name. I actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like it, he usually plays a Saudi event anyway. So he, he could yeah. be one. I don't know, but I just felt like there's also a chance there that he might get, get tied up in this and it made me want to move faster. All that public goodwill he'd spoil. Though. <laughs> I don't know. My, I don't know. Uh, my, my main takeaway is how, how awful is the, the Jeff Ritter clubhouse when Reed does nothing all year you trade him and he shoots minus one in this first round of major right afterwards. Like how happy was he to be off? Toxic. Time? It's toxic. I'm, uh, like, I'm you could just, team. you could just tell on, you could just tell there was like an L, a monkey off his back. He just, he was so happy to be off your team. He was a different guy. Out there. I was happy. I was happy for Justin who I traded with. I wanted Reed to make the cut. Cause I still feel like I like my side of this trade more, but I wanted, you know, I don't want the person I traded to just like go out and right. You know, I want I want my trading partner to feel good about it too. So your, uh, your email announcing it was an all time fantastic <laughs> email moment. It was that was that was exceptionally well done. Thanks. Well, when you have two beloved characters in golf being traded for each other, you gotta just take the opportunity to have some fun with that. So happy to happy yeah. to couldn't resist. Uh, well, you won't have the chance to make up the stagger this week with Bryson. He is withdrawn again from the Schwab Classic. Uh, fine, that's fine. Yeah. I'm good with that. But let's talk about who will be there. (laughs) Uh, And we'll start off as we usually do with the uh, tier one being $10,000 or more. Scotty Scheffler, 11.2. I think that's the same price as last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, JT is at 11,000. Colin Morikawa, 10.7. Jordan Speed, 10.4. Will Z, 10.1. That's a step up in price. And Victor Hovland, 10,000. Hovland also missed the cut, which we kind of predicted just because of his, his... the limitations in his game at that particular course. But uh, guys, what jumps out to you this week at those prices at colonial? Um, I don't, I don't love the tier to be honest. It's such a deep field. I feel like a lot of these guys are coming off, uh, you know, something pretty significant. I maybe Scheffler is the most interesting just because he's had the weekend off, but I don't know. I mean, Justin Thomas, it was an ma- amazing victory coming back for seven shots. Cer- certainly feels good about himself, but I just, I don't know. I, unless it's like prime tiger woods, I just tend to avoid guys right after a major championship victory. Uh, speed is sort of interesting, but it's had such a lousy putting week. I just wonder if speed might've peaked a few weeks ago, you know? So I don't know. I, and Zalatoris, I mean, he was incredible, but you know, I don't know what kind of state or stamina he has left after the week he had. So I, I think the depth of this field makes the 9,000 tier more appealing to me this week than uh, than anybody in the tents. So this is going to be fun because we're really different than this week because I do not like the nines aside from one guy. I think that uh, <laughs> as I was playing with this. You guys obviously know who the guy is. But as I was playing with this, I kind of like either two guys in the tens or one guy in the tens and one guy in the nines. The two guys in the tens I like are probably different than you're going to think I like. I really like Jordan Speed this week. Uh, you look at – Jeff mentioned the putting. He was bad. He putted terribly last week. But you look at – shot gain tree, tee to green was 8.6. On approach is 4.7. Better numbers than Justin Thomas last week in both those stats, the guy who won the tournament. It's just that Speed putted terribly. Thomas putted incredibly well. It was the, the, the only difference between them – uh, speed that he hit the ball better was the putting and i you know there was a while there where speed was like you know making all the 25 footers and scrambling and still hanging in there because he wasn't hitting it well but you look at the last four weeks and he is he last four weeks that have been tracked he missed the cut of the masters but he's hit the ball incredibly well 
Um, he's 10-4 this week. I like him as a drop down from Scheffler and from JT. Um, I actually really like Victor Hovland this week, too. Um, if you look at the last 24 rounds, still ball striking really well. He's third in the field in ball striking. He's second in approach. Just a brutal short game, but he actually was a little bit better last week. Uh, he actually gained strokes around the green at, uh, at Southern Hills. Um, you know, finished 41st first at the, first at the PGA, so kind of hung in there. Uh, good tee to green. Uh, I like a Spieth Hovland start this week. If you do that, you give yourself a 7,400 for player. I like a lot of guys in the 7,000s. I don't like the 7,000s eight are that much different this week. So I'm probably going to go uh, one, nine, one, nine, a 10 or two tens this week and kind of uh, drop down after that. Interesting. And, you know, both guys, uh, you know, Spieth made the cut. Hovland didn't, but Spieth was never in contention. Hovland uh, made the cut too. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He wasn't in the mix, but he was 41st, I think. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot, as always. Yeah, this is why I do so well in our golf leagues is because I, you know, I have command such great command of the facts. He was so. he was pretty much irrelevant the whole weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh he shot three seventies and one seventy five. Saturday kind of blew up, but a lot of people blew up on Saturday. Uh not the greatest shame in the world. Uh let's move on to those nines then. Um there's one that you you like. Let's go ahead and but Sam Burns at 97, Scott's guy Max Homa at 94, Abraham Answer at 93, Sung Jay at 92, Tony Finau at 91, Daniel Berger 9,000. Scott, is it Homa that we're talking about, or is it, it somebody else? It's absolutely Homa. It I, there's, a, there's a guy in this range that's going to take it. It's going to be Homa. Um, played exceptionally well again last week. Uh, gained 7.4 shots to the green, 6.9 approach. I mean, better numbers than Justin Thomas in both the stats. Again, like he just played really well, just kind of putted average, lost, it, lost a little bit around the green. You just look at nine tournaments in 2022, seven top 20s. If you look at this field over the last 24 rounds, second in ball striking, first off the tee, third in approach, 15th in putting. He's just doing everything really well. I think his odds are a little bit too low this week. He's down in the 20s to, to win, so that might be tough. But 9,400, um, easily my favorite in this range, and I think uh, I think he's fairly priced and very, very usable. Um, I will be pairing him with a guy in the 10s on some lineups for sure. I'm on Max Homa. I'm, I'm move over, I'm move over in the bandwagon. I'm, I'm plenty, jumping plenty, on. Plenty of jumping on. Absolutely. He was, he was excellent last week and I, I love him at the price. I also like Sam Burns. So my, my build would be Burns Homa right. and just and skip the 10,000 tier. And I got a few guys in the eights as well, but I think Sam Burns also very consistent season. Uh, I think he finished 20th last week, uh, decent putting week, but just, Ball striking again. This is a colonial. Colonial actually, to me, kind of profile similar to Southern Hills in that you like you like to see approach shots. You like to see a tee to green game, and you know maybe it's a week where it's not necessarily putting um, a putting contest like you might see at, say the U.S. Open coming up. So I think it's a similar course fit. It, like players who played well at Southern Hills, if they can carry that momentum, I think they got another course that fits their wheelhouse this week in Colonial. Really, yeah. uh, really narrow fairways. So you got to be, and it's it, it's punitive too. If you miss, there's a lot of trees out there. You got to be you gotta hit, hit your driver in the fairways. Gonna the, the key out here. It looks like. So it's not so bad that Bryson's not playing anyhow. Then for you, Scott. I mean, Jeff. Uh, that you got that going for you there. That it would have been punished anyways. He would just drive it over the trees and wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> eight thousands. Taylor Gooch at eighty nine. Tommy Fleetwood eighty eight. Webb Simpson, 87. Mito, up to 86. That's some respect. Putting some respect on his name now. I like it there. Billy Horschel, 85. Davis Riley, also putting some respect on that at 84. Bryson was 83, no longer. Jason Kokrak is at 82. Kevin Nye, 81. Bubba Watson also withdrew. He was going to be at 8,000. That would have been a pretty decent price for him after his showing over the weekend. 
Jeff Ritter, you get to start in this range. Who do you like? Well, his price is coming up, but I still Davis Riley finished 13th last week, and that's his worst result in the last month. So I'm still going to keep going to the well uh, on him and his consistency. I also think Tommy Fleetwood is a guy now that's uh, playing better, but maybe not even peaking yet. You know, I, I think we've seen what Tommy Fleetwood can do at his peak, which is put himself right there at major championships. He finished fifth last, yeah, fifth at the PGA. Yep. Without necessarily contending to win, but just had a really solid week. And so you feel like that might be a guy who's um, still ascending. Uh, not, a, not a lot of course history, but maybe this is the right fit for him. And then I, I would still drop down. Kevin Na is a winner at this event before. This is that type of ball strikers profile. You know, that's that's Kevin Na music. Um, that's someone, this isn't a course you necessarily need to overpower. Uh, power hitters might hit a lot of three woods anyway. So, but I like Kevin Na as a consistent, sneaky, kind of backdoor top 15 this week. And at that price, that that plays. Well, we were different early, and we are dead matched here. I, I'm very similar to you. I, lo- I really like Fleetwood this week. You look at the last seven tournaments, six top 25s, um, gained tee to green and approach in five straight events, just playing really well. You mentioned the PGA finished fifth, but hit it really well, too. It's not like he had a weird – I mean, he putted well, but not a huge fluke week there. Gained 8.7 tee to green, 4.7 approach, finished fifth. Um, just playing really good golf right now. I think the price is uh, is really solid for him. And I like Kevin Na also. Really good ball striking lately. Uh, he finished, uh, what he finished? 23rd last week. Uh, gained pretty well, played well on the green. Hit it well in the approach and tee to green. Uh, hit it really well in Mexico the week before that. Hit it well at RBC before that. So just playing really well. Three top uh, 30s last four events. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's a tournament that um, ball striking Kevin Na could come in and, and win here. I got no argument with Davis Rowley. I was going to leave him for you because I know you're uh, you're the <laughs> Davis Rowley fan. Do you guys um, are you guys buying into Webb Simpson at all? Eighty seven hundred coming off the uh, playing really well finally at the PGA last week. Finished twentieth, hit it really well, tee to green, had that really good round. I think it was on Saturday. Um, are you guys buying in on uh, on Webb at all? Kind of maybe maybe he's turned it around. Maybe before hundred bucks, I like Fleetwood more. I, I do too. Webb, it just feels yeah. like it really came out of nowhere and quickly, whereas Fleetwood's been building towards this. And so that's, that's where I would go. But Simpson's interesting. I, yeah. You know, if you want to, he'll probably be less owned than Fleetwood. I would think. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I like, I kind of, I kind of like the turnaround, but I, I, I couldn't do it over Fleetwood myself either. As previously alluded, Webb Simpson's on my uh, season long team. So let that be your final deterrent. So you're saying, you're saying scratch him off now. Yeah. Probably going to have a Thursday morning withdrawal. Uh, but, and we'll see that did happen once already with him this season. Uh, if you, I mean, can you fit Fleetwood in under your plan, though, Scott? That's that's the big question. Uh, probably if I go uh, if I go two tens or a, a ten and home, I cannot. So it'd be one of those, uh, you know, maybe a third lineup as a balanced lineup. Maybe go home of Fleetwood and Nah, something like that. Uh, build, but yeah, no. If you go the two tens, it does not work. Yeah, you're you're dipping pretty deep into the sixes otherwise to to make those last three spots. Yeah, you got tough. you got seventy four hundred for three guys or four guys, and if you put an eighty eight hundred in there, it just doesn't work. So it's, it's a different build. Um, you can go, you can go if you want to if you want to get off home. I think home will be pretty very popular. I think a um, either Hovland or Spieth with uh, Fleetwood is a pretty good start too. I, I do like that, and then maybe you get a little more balance, so you get the the higher sevens, the and then maybe another guy in the eights to play with that. Very good, very good. All right, uh, before moving to the 7,000s, a quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back. You're listening to Gaming Golf. Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad. Let's move into the sevens. It's a pretty deep tier. Again, I will not uh, name them by one by one. Instead, I will allow you guys to pick and choose who you like in this group, starting with Scott this time. I love the uh, love the 7,500 to 8,000 range this week. I think there's five or six guys in there that I think are very playable. With my the build I was talking about before, two guys at the top, I think you get three guys in here, then one guy in the sixes, and it works really nicely. But uh, my favorite here, and a guy that I'm actually betting to win this week, is, is Harold Varner III at 7,800. Uh, he was 48th at the PGA, but you look at it, he hit the ball exceptionally well last week. He gained uh, 8.4 tee to green, 4.9 on the green, 3.9 approach. He just putted terribly. Lost over five strokes putting. Like he, he puts average, and he's a, it's a top ten last week. So he played really well. He's made five straight cuts. Within those five, he got two top sixes. He was uh, six of the players. He was third at RBC Heritage. Uh, he was top thirty-five at both majors, or top, I guess, uh, what is it, top fifty at both majors. Um, so just playing really good golf. Uh, strong tee to green. Strong approaches in the last four events. Um, I think Varner is a, a good bet this week. I think he's a really great DraftKings play at seventy-eight hundred. Uh, at the same price, my other favorite guy in here, I really like Brian, Brian Harmon, uh, who played really well last week, was 34th, uh, hit it really well. That's back-to-back weeks where he gained significantly both TD Green and an approach. Um, really good ball striking there in Wells Fargo. He's made uh, – last five events, he's made four cuts. He's got two top tens. So not, not only someone that can make the cut, but also can get up the leaderboard. Um, there's a lot of guys in the range I think are playable. I think Woodland's playable. Um, I like Chris Kirk a lot after the after the fifth last week. Uh, he, he hit it really well last week also, but – Varner Harm, my probably my two favorites, but I wouldn't argue against Kirk. I wouldn't argue with Tom Hoagie. I wouldn't argue against Woodland. I, I think this range is just chock full of guys that are playable. And uh, one of the main reasons why I'm going kind of two guys at the top is I can play a lot of guys in this range. 
I like this range too. I uh, I didn't flag Varner, although those were good stats. I did have Brian Harmon, uh, who I believe led the field in ball striking on the over the weekend at the PGA, if I'm not mistaken. It's he's a guy that can get hot with his irons. It's not a power player, not a big guy, but this is the type of course where uh, someone of his profile can succeed. And like like Scott said, he exits the PGA with some momentum. I also think uh, a sneaky pick this week, I think, is Justin Rose, who has won this event before, has been nowhere all year. I, I, yeah, I, think, I believe the PGA was the first time he played anywhere since the Masters. Uh, but he had a good week at the PGA. And I had to dig this one out, but he's, he's played the Colonial eight times. He's made the cut eight times. So I think at this price, well, you know, he's someone that you like him to make the cut and maybe do a little bit more with it. So, And then Sebastian Munoz, I think he was third at the Nelson and he was third at the Colonial last year. So Munoz, a guy, just also feels like he's ascending. And uh, maybe that price isn't necessarily reflective of it. So, But I agree. There's a lot here in this year. And Woodland also is playable, just continues to pop up. Um, it's a little bit streaky. You know, he, had, he popped up in Florida, he popped, you know, here and there. But he had a good week at the PGA. And uh, I feel like this is a course where someone like him could do some damage as well. So um, a lot to like in this area of the board. Yeah. Munoz made eight straight cuts, all those in the top 40. He's playing really, really well right now. I like that. I like that one a lot. Uh, how about the lower 7,000s? Uh, Jeff, we'll go with you first this time. Well, similar to Brian Harmon, I think uh, Brian Harmon light might be Kevin Kisner, who's also had a streaky year. But this, again, is that type of golf course. I think he's a past champion. I can't dig that out. I think he's a past winner uh, at this event. And then Ryan Palmer is sort of interesting to me at this price, although I, I would probably try to get as many guys in this, the 75 to 79 range. But uh, we talk a lot about Texans playing well in Texas. Ryan Palmer is a member at Colonial. Uh, and so he's played this event something like 15 times or, you know, so I don't know. And he's, and he's actually quietly had a, a, a decent spring uh, as well. So he's interesting at that price as well. But uh, I'd probably like the, the top half of the 7,000s more than the bottom. Kisner won in uh, 2017, by the There's, way. Yep, yeah, he did win. There you go. Okay. Um, I like the top half of this range significantly more. I'm probably going to live there and then live a couple guys in the 6,000s. We'll talk about in a second. Um, if I'm just going recent form, I think James Hahn is playable here. He's back-to-back top 10s. He was ninth at Wells Fargo, ninth at AT&T. Hit it really well at uh, AT&T. Did not hit it great at Wells Fargo. Putted really well, but I like the fact that he hit it really well the week after. So a little more... Uh, you know, I like the results a little more there. I think uh, David Lipsky is playable at 7,000 um, coming off. He's got uh, three top 25s, his last five starts. Uh, but I don't love this range. Um, are either of you guys going to play Ricky Fowler with back-to-back top 25s? Nah. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm that, that was, that was I'm easy. Becoming, I'm becoming interested. But not yet. He actually played. We actually played actually legit well at the PGA. I don't. uh, I'm not trusting it yet. At 7400, there's a couple of guys right above him. I like it a little bit more. But um, that uh, the last two weeks have been the first time in a while that I'm like that. Kind of looks like the old Ricky, um, assuming he stays on the PGA tour. Yeah, I could see it. Um, Yeah, I mean, it just it's a leap of faith at this point in time. And the thing is, I don't feel like you're ever getting the bonus of him being lower, lower rostered because there's always people out there that like him. Always. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a fair point, but you look at, uh, he was top 10 in uh shot game, treaty game last week at the PGA. So he actually, you hit it really well. Yeah. How about Cam Davis? Any interest in him? 
Nah, I, I think there's just others around. He, what did he do last week? He finished, 48, uh, made finished the cut. 48th. He made 48. the cut. Yeah, finished just third it, at the Heritage. It feels all over the place. I think that you know he's one of those guys that can that can really hit the board or miss the cut. It's just uh, I I just like the other guys around here more than I do more than I do Cam. But yeah, I think he's a he's a guy that can can I mean won last year and can can hit the leaderboard too. But uh, just a little inconsistent at the moment for me. And to your point about at, at, in two tournaments ago at the Wells Fargo went sixty seven seventy five missed the cut. You know <laughs> there you just, go. Yeah, that 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 that's pretty much it right there. He almost he almost pulled the rare Keegan of leading the tournament after day one and then missing the cut after day two, which is a, a special accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed it is. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to the six thousand. Scott, you said you liked a guy in the six thousands. Uh, I like a couple actually. I think that there's a couple down here that are playable. My favorite is someone that uh, we talked about two weeks ago for the uh, for the AT and T. He'd been coming off a couple of top fifteens. Uh, finished thirty eighth that week. Uh, is Steven Yeager? Um, he's got three straight made cuts: thirty eighth, sixth, and fifteenth, and hit the ball really well at AT and T. You know, we didn't talk about a lot after that because he finished thirty eighth, but he made the cut as a, as a really cheap guy. But gained 6.3 TD green, 4.6 on approach, just putted badly that week. He putted okay at uh, at Wells Fargo and well in Mexico. So coming off three good tournaments. But you look at this, he's someone that has was insanely good last year in the Corn Ferry. You look at his like his 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 game log at the Corn Ferry, and that he had a win in there and just a slew of top fives. So he's someone that once he gets up there, um, I don't think he'll feel pressure. I think he can play well. Um, ball striking's been good, really good three tournaments in a row. We don't quite have the meet of Pereira 6,700 this week, but I really like Steven Yeager at 6,800. I like him as a, a top 10, top 20 kind of bet too. I think he's finally has figured out the PGA Tour, struggled early after being so good on Corn Ferry. I think he's figured some stuff out. I think he's going to be a, a name to be reckoned with here in the second half of the season. And then uh, I'm probably going to jump uh, Jeff here, but uh, Austin Smotherman is 6,300. He's got four straight missed cuts, back-to-back – or made cuts, sorry. Back-to-back top 25s. Um, gained really well off on the tee to green at the AT&T. If you look at this field, you just take the entire field, you, you kind of break it down the last 24 rounds. Obviously, he's way, way down the pricing, but 12th in ball striking in this whole entire field, sixth in approach, 16th in approach. Like, you me a guy who's top 20 in those two stats that we talk about constantly over and over again, and he's priced 6,300. I, I can't not slide him in a line for two. At this point, I wonder if we just sent Smotherman's <laughs> team like a gaming golf PDF. And just <laughs> right, yeah. You know, do with it what you will. You know, here's a here's a PNG logo. Uh, you know, would it would it appear on the golf bag? Would we get the sleeve? Feels like we'd end up something. Maybe the, the hat's probably a bit presumptuous, but it, you know, there there like can't be anyone that likes Austin Smother more than this podcast, right? <laughs> I know. The stats love it. I mean, yeah. you you called it. I mean, it's like how is this guy not like the break? Like the numbers say, the breakthrough is coming. And, you know, so I, I mean, yes, I had him flagged as well off this group. The other person I I had, Pat Kazire, I think is somewhat interesting at 6,900. He was third at this event last year, quietly made the cut at the PGA, quietly made the cut at the Nelson as as in the year. But I think, um, you know, at these prices, you're just looking for, just get, get through to the weekend. I kind of like Kazire, but Smotherman's my favorite at at an even bigger discount. Um, you know, the world someday the world will catch on uh, or maybe he'll just win something or at least top three somewhere. And, you know, that'll be the end of the 6,000 range for him. But 
just uh, weird that weird that he went down. Like he's been like kind of 67, 68. Yeah. He went down to 6,300, which is strange. So uh, Danny McCarthy is also in here. 6,800 has made eight straight cuts. Obviously we talked about putting is a little variable, but he's someone that's an elite putter, like almost every tournament, like he gains every week. So uh, I like Jaeger more, but I think McCarthy's workable if you want to make a cut. I think Adam Long, if you want to go a little more um, kind of shoot for the moon is interesting. He had that back-to-back top 15s before the Wells Fargo miscut, but uh Give me Jaeger, Jaeger and uh, Jaeger and Smotherman with uh, with McCarthy's a third. But I think there's some more playable names in the six thousand. I thought there'd be uh, in a field like this. I saw uh, Joe Sheehan picked up Adam Shank in our league, who is priced at the six thousand minimum this week. Do you think uh, Adam Shank would get picked up and drop this off, and if his name wasn't Shank, because it's funny when he pick, people pick him up? I can't believe it's not Peter Shanky that is the guy that is picking up and dropping him constantly, right? though. It does feel like a miss. Uh, yeah. Shank, Shank was 41st at the PGA, made the cut last week, uh, putted really well, uh, was ninth at Wells Fargo three weeks ago. So yeah, at 6,000, made three cuts in a row. I, I could see that. Uh, I could see that working, but, uh, yeah, he's all over the place with Tita Green. He's lost strokes off uh, four last five events. So I'm going to pass. All right. Very good. Um, let's head on over to sisportsbook.com and take a look at our draft, our, our, our bet card here. Uh, cause that's where the real action was for Scott last week. Uh, you know, lot, lots of uh, action going down there um, this week. What are you looking at? Uh, I, I'm still, uh, I'm still, I still wish I saw your reaction when you saw my text with uh, full of expletives. Amito hit the ball in the water on 18. That was, oh, uh, I wish I was. Uh, so that's <laughs> when I was at the soccer tournament. So I wasn't watching the tournament at the time. And I just, I knew something happened to Mito. Right. I knew that. I, because I, I knew you were talking him up on the pod. I knew he'd been lit, watching all day. And I think you were like blankly blank ill. Yeah, I was. Like, oh, poor Mito. Something happened. That was that's the worst swing. I mean, we talked about everybody's talking about Vanderbilt, and he was up three, so different. But that swing on eighteen is like the worst swing I've seen from a PGA guy in, in a clutch spot. Like his swing, it was a completely different swing than anything he did the entire week. Totally was, rushed it, right? Well. Yeah, he did it just, and he like finished it off to the side, and then he didn't even look at his chip. It's just it, he just he just got in full fast forward panic mode. But uh, no, it was, it was funny. But uh, Jeff, go ahead. I got your bets first. Go for it. All right, so. It- I was just jotting down my last one. I, I love the top fives and top tens, you know, off the SI sports book as opposed to just the straight ticket, but Max Helma 28 to one. I like it. Tommy Fleetwood 33 to one. I like that too. And then the top fives, Davis Riley at 8.5 to one, Sebastian Munoz 10 to one and Brian Harmon for a top five. I'm showing that 8.8.5 to one. again. Yep, but I, like, I like all three of those. Yeah, I like those names too. It's a good point in the top five and top ten because we also gave out the the Mito top ten last week at twelve yeah. to one. So obviously, despite the ball in the water, I mean that obviously paid off nicely too. Uh, I'm gonna go a couple of guys uh, near the uh, near under forty to one. There's some 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 longer shots here. Um, I really like Jordan Speed this week, but I can't pay the price. Eleven to one is just a little too high for me in a in a, in a field with a lot of big names. It's a worse so- price than JT. Yeah, he's he's actually favorite. That's nice sportsbook. He's eleven. JT and Scheffler are twelve, which is pretty wild. Um, yeah. I just I can't do it. I really like him this week, but I can't pay the price. So I'm gonna drop down. Uh, I'm gonna to go Victor Hovland at twenty to one, kind of the the lowest price of the elite, uh, the ten thousand guy in the, on DraftKings. I really like him uh, to contend this week. I think twenty one is a good price there. Um, definitely go Tommy Fleetwood at thirty three to one. I'm gonna join uh, Jeff Ritter on that one. I think the thirty three is a really good price for him. Then I'm gonna drop down. I think that I'm gonna go Kevin Knott forty five to one. Uh, Harold Varner the third for sure at fifty to one. 
I haven't decided if I'm going to go Harmon at 40 to one, if I can snide another bet in there or not, but he was the other one. And then I'm dropped down. Uh, Steven Yeager, I'm going to drop the bomb at 110 to one, but also a uh, top 10 on Yeager. I think a top 10 on Yeager is 11 to one right now. If I'm looking at the, uh, yeah, it's 11 to one on SI Sportsbook right now. So I like that's a top 10. I think he's someone that's going to uh, compete here pretty quickly. So I like him. Uh, I like him kind of maybe not to win this week, but get in the get in contention. So those are, uh, those are my best week. Hopefully we can go three out of four. It's been a, it's been a fun little stretch here. That was I'm so proud of you, Scott, because you just snuck in the Jaeger bomb. Um, I, I know you did that. You're hoping no one would notice, but I noticed. Every once in a while, I got to feed you one, Jeff. It's yes. a, it's got it's got to be reciprocal every once in a while. You know, you're keeping up with the Meister as far as it goes on those Jaeger puns, but there you know, hey, that's pretty good. Um, all right, very good. We got to finish up with one and duns. Uh, Scott, you get to go first because you made Jeff go first on the bets. Uh, that's a, it's a good call right there. Um, I have to look and see who I've taken, but I think I'm going to go Jordan Spieth there. Cause I took Hideki last week. So I do have Spieth available um, between Spieth and Hovland. Uh, I don't like the odds on Spieth to win, but I'm going to bet him. I'm going to take my one and done. I think this is a week that uh, he's going to win. I'm between I've used Spieth. Um, I do like that pick, but I I'm between Homa and Fleetwood and I'm going to lock it in. Or Genstead favorite Max Homa in the nice. one and done league. This I, is, uh, I have used Homa and Fleetwood. They, they would have been both the top of my list too. I don't know where I used Fleetwood. I'm sure it didn't work out well, but um, I used Homa and Fleetwood. But I, I love that. Uh, I love Homa. Yeah, and I locked in mine already. I used Homa and Spieth as my alternate. So really original this week here. So give me Homa. There yeah, it's uh, what it done really is fun. It's just so hard taking him once because, like, last week I had used Justin Thomas, so I couldn't get there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough little uh, puzzle putting it together. And I've just uh, just kind of missed on guys I like I've used and we're the way around. So hopefully, I hope I can get one, uh, get a win here. Yeah, it'd be nice to book one here. All right, that's gonna wrap up gaming golf for this week. Thanks everybody for uh, the continued listening and support. Uh, we do appreciate it. There. We have a lot of fun doing it. As, as always, if you have any suggestions for us, anything you'd like to see or hear from us, please let us know. Uh, we'll address it in the next uh, podcast. So, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Good luck in the Schwab Classic, uh, and we'll uh, be back at it again next week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.